0: Hey guys, we are really excited about this episode. Our guest is kind of a big deal. We talked to Bill Harris about personal capital, and if you aren't already a member, you could sign up at listenmoneymatters.com slash personal capital. We really appreciate you supporting the show. Our sponsor for this episode is Carnivore Club. Carnivore Club is a subscription to some of the highest quality meat in the world. Members of this exclusive club receive a box of cured meat delivered to their door every month. They highlighted different artisan with each delivery, which means you never get the same selection twice. They were kind enough to send us a box of meat, and I've decided that this is pretty much the only thing I ever want to receive in the mail again. Laura and I got some cheese, crispy bread, and some wine, and ascended to heaven. One of the meats we got was a spreadable salami, and we're making meat sauce with it tonight. If you want to come home from work and slice yourself a piece of artisan spicy salami, then this is for you. You deserve more meat in your life. If you're ready to join the exclusive club for meat lovers, go to carnivoreclub.co, that's .co, and not .com, and sign up to get your first box for 15% off with the promo code, listen, do it. Question, if it took you two minutes to make sure your home used clean versus dirty energy, would you do it? Well, here's your chance. Arcadia Power gives anyone who pays a power bill the option to use clean energy. It costs nothing extra and is available to apartments and homes in all 50 states. This is a no-brainer. Save $5 on your next energy bill when you sign up at arcadiapower.com/moneymatters. That's A R C A D I A P O W E R.com/moneymatters.
1: My assets bring all the girls to the yard. They like it's bigger than yours. Damn right, it's bigger than yours. I can teach you, but I have to charge. <laughs> i think that's the best opener we've ever had andrew
0: that was amazing
2: um (laughs) all right hey what is going on everybody and welcome to listen money matters my name is thomas and i'm here as always with my good friend andrew and we are also talking with bill harris who is the ceo of one of our favorite apps uh personal finance tools personal capital which we have talked about on the site before so i'm really excited to get into this episode but first andrew what are you drinking Cause I have an interesting drink today.
0: Ooh, I'm drinking a Yard's um, wheat something. A yard's wheat. Is yeah, la- all- I left the bottle in the other room. <laughs> it's it's uh, Yard's. It's the wheat one. Anything. though. It's really good.
2: I came prepared, so I have a, a little tiny bit of fernet. Mm. Have you ever had
0: that? I have. I have not had it though. Is it, dude? What what is it like? Uh,
2: it's it's like.
0: This isn't gonna sound good, but it's like
2: uh really spicy toothpaste liquor <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you would get it again
2: yeah well i bought a bottle because my friend chase he introduced me to it and he said you know this is the secret code liquor if you go into a bar and you ask for a shot of fernet you are instantly friends with the bartender and they're going to give you free drinks all night it works really <laughs> literally yeah i mentioned it in a bar in uh, st louis it worked boom i didn't believe him at first but yep
0: you have to be careful, though, because if you talk, go to the bar and, and he asks you a question, and you're like, Fernet. He's like, your name's Fernet? <laughs> well, yeah, you can't just it. <laughs> the, thank, you, Bill, that. thank you, Bill. Thank you. At least someone appreciates my terrible humor. <laughs> it's not a code word. You have to use it with some tact. But and, let, let, let's introduce this man, <laughs> because, um, Bill, I, I mean, I, I knew about you, like, before I knew about you. And when I was doing my research... Damn, did I have to scroll down? I'm pretty sure you've done everything.
1: Um, well, you know, I, I've actually not done everything, um, but I have done a bunch in financial technology. Um, yeah. But let me just say it's a pleasure to be on your show, despite the fact that you guys are drinking and I'm not.
0: Ah, uh, you know, did Andrew tell you. I, I have to send out like an email and be like <laughs> beer, whiskey, both, preferably both,
1: <laughs> a Boilermaker.
0: <laughs> Exactly,
2: brilliant. Is that like a is that a like beer whiskey cocktail or something?
1: Yeah, boilermaker. You take a beer, you take a stein of beer, and then you take a shot of whiskey and you drop the shot in so it goes to the bottom, and that's how okay. you know that's the the ritual.
2: That's the and that it must, was, uh, yeah. Gi-
1: it was a ri- okay. it's called a boilermaker because boilermakers who who build boilers and work in those things all day long, um, they need something serious when they're done for the day, and so they get a boilermaker.
2: Hmm. That makes sense. There's an arcade bar in my town, and they have a drink called the Donkey Kong, and it's that. It's, I think it's you know it's a beer and then some sort of whiskey dropped in the same exact way. So now I know the real name of it. But yeah, I was I was just as impressed as Andrew. I mean, CEO of Intuit and PayPal as well, and now Personal Capital. That's that's ridiculously impressive.
0: And not just the CEO of Personal Capital, but you founded Personal Capital, or so yeah. the rumors are.
1: Uh, the rumors are true.
0: Hmm. Awesome. So, Andrew,
2: you use personal capital, right?
0: Yeah. So back way back when I first started this this beast of a thing, um, one of the tools that really blew my mind was your four hundred and one k fee analyzer. Oh, great. Um, so I've always been like a, a money nerd, and um, the the one question is like people get like this like list of Uh, Things that they have to invest their 401k in. And most people are so lucky. It's on like a piece of paper that you like check off. And they're like, which one do I pick? I don't know which one to pick. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like, just go here and just just follow what they they say.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's, um, to be serious for a moment, it's an extremely important decision. One of the most important decisions for your long-term financial security that almost anyone can make. Um, And of course, yes, how you allocate your um, uh, the funds within within a 401k account, but even more so, the amount of money that you put away every um, every uh, paycheck. And um, everyone everyone who's listening should, at the very least, put away up to the employer match. Because if you don't, you're throwing away money that that they're sitting there ready to give you.
2: Mm, yeah, I've always sort of viewed the 401k match limit as a simply unspoken salary that you're getting paid. Like they well, tell you, you're getting paid forty-seven thousand, but you're actually getting paid fifty thousand as long as you take advantage of that match.
1: And that's right, and as long as you take advantage of it, the amazing and miserable part of it all is that fifty percent of the people out there do not um, mm-hmm. participate up to the match.
0: So, Bill, I am a massive fan of your tool, and I want to dig into it. But the one thing I love more than your tool are origin stories. And you have quite quite a, a storied past. Can can you kind of tell us what made Bill Harris, and then why you decided to build a tool that? Does, I mean, it's not an easy thing that you did. There were easier paths, I guess.
1: Well, uh, yeah, sure. So I started out as a child, and uh, <laughs> me too. <you> know, <laughs> how
0: about
1: that. Um, so I did. I did. I uh, went to business school. Did all that stuff. Um, I spent about ten years in the media with magazines, Time Magazine, um, and then this was nineteen ninety. Decided, wow, I bet you that that software stuff that I kept hearing about in California is going to eventually hit the uh, I- impact, the information business. So I was in New York. I moved out to um, California, ran a company called ChipSoft. We made TurboTax. Um, and then we uh, we merged that with Intuit, uh, which makes Quicken and QuickBooks. I ran Intuit uh, and then left there at the height of the bubble to go uh, help start PayPal.
0: And just, just with, real quick, when you say, like, yeah. I ran it, you were the CEO of basically the, the biggest financial company, I guess, at that time.
1: The biggest financial software
0: company. Software company. Right, right, right. Right.
1: Yeah. And uh, so left that and uh, helped. uh, I was working with uh, Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and Max Levchin. Uh, The four of us uh, started uh, PayPal. Um, and it was pretty brutal. Uh, none of the four of us have an ego that would fit in a large gym- gymnasium, and so you know, they were it was practically fist fights most of the time. It was not terribly stable, um, but um, in six months, we went from zero to a million customers. Um, back in the day, this is 1999, when a million was, was a million.
0: That was everyone on the internet. It, it, just about, actually. <laughs>
1: probably twice as many people as were on the internet. <laughs>
0: And, so, so you um, weren't falsifying these numbers then, were
1: you? No, we were not. <laughs> uh, no, but I was making jokes then, just as I am now. Um, and so uh, so then uh, we sold that to eBay. Since that time, I've been uh, doing a bunch of financial services startups. Um, and the one that I'm working on today full-time is uh, personal capital. So yeah. now, why why personal capital? I'll tell you the yeah. the origin story of personal capital. Is after many years, not only me, but there's uh, there's a group of five or ten of us who have worked in various financial software companies, startups over the years, uh, often together. What it finally dawned on us was that, despite the fact that we've been involved in PayPal and Quicken and a whole series of things that you know theoretically help people manage their money, at the end of the day, we were not addressing and no one was addressing the single most important issue out there which is that most people just have no bloody idea what's going on you know they don't know what they owe they don't know what they own they don't know how that projects out if they continue to live live like they live how that will project out even next year no less into retirement um it's a it's an information free zone and one of the reasons is completely legitimate. It's too darn hard to do all that. I mean, you've got the average affluent American household has got 20 different financial accounts mm. um, between insurance and credit cards and bank accounts and brokerages and 401ks and 529s and all that stuff. Yeah. And so you've got all these paper statements, all these websites, all these phone numbers. You know, How in the world can you keep track of it all? Um, And so it makes sense that people just don't know. And so what we wanted to do first and foremost is create something where people could very easily come in um, and click, 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 um, add their passwords. And then, you know, the five minutes to to add your passwords for all your accounts, minute six, boom, there's your entire net worth.
0: So your first personal capital like iteration was like a a mint.com-esque setup?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Mint.com. But mint.com with... with a focus on long term rather than short term, uh, Mint does does a great job with bank accounts and credit cards. Does not do a good job with investments. Uh, we do a great job with investments. And so, if you're thinking about, oh, I've, you know, I, I want to make sure that I've got enough money to, um, you know, pay the rent at the end of the month, Mint is a uh, a great tool. If you're thinking about the long term, if you want to be able to put your kids in college and retire well, and maybe buy buy a house or buy a second house or all those kinds of things. Um, then you really should come to us.
2: Mm. And I know we have a lot of people in the audience who use Mint cuz Andrew you're you know you talk about Mint all the time. So I've seen on the on the website you guys have a page basically saying you know Mint and Personal Capital go really well together. Would you say like for Mint just keep your regular bank accounts in there and Personal Capital is where you put your investments or is it a better suggestion to just have everything in both?
1: Oh well, I think it's much better to so regardless of whether you use one the other or both put everything in. that's the whole hmm. point. I mean the whole point is that no, you know what we're trying to do with personal capital is allow people to see their entire financial life because if you don't see it in context, you don't really know what it's all about. And by the way, that applies to advisors as well. If you get an advisor, you, that advisor needs to see everything about your financial life, not just you but also your spouse if you're married and kids and the you know the whole catastrophe. yeah and so um, yes, put everything in. That's the starting point. And then from there, then say, okay, now let's try to understand it and most importantly, make a plan for the future.
2: So I'm really curious, both with a, a website like Personal Capital and with Mint, was it challenging to build this You know, in the early days? Were banks okay with basically sending information to a centralized tool or did you guys have to do anything to set that up?
1: Well, you know that's something that actually has been done for some, uh, you know, for probably fifteen years. Um, we use a company called Yodlee, who gathers that information. I used to be on the board of Yodlee until it was purchased by another company, um, and uh, and Yodlee's been doing this for, as I say, fifteen years, and so it's a it's a well understood and accepted uh, mechanism for transferring data from banks and brokers.
2: Okay, well, it's cool that that was a kind of already set up for you guys when you came in, right. So I know you guys do a lot with, I guess, helping people plan out their investments. Does personal capital actually make suggestions for changes people should make to their life, or is it really just kind of a reporting tool?
1: No. Um, We try to walk you through the process. Think of it this way. See, understand, plan, act. The C part, that's what we just talked about. Grab all the information and for the first time, ah, this is actually what I have. I see it all in one place. Here's my net worth. Here's how it all stacks up. Okay, number two, understand. Now there we've got a whole bunch of, of tools. You mentioned one of them, the 401k analyzer. That's pretty cool. But we'll also do a thing called the investment checkup. And we'll put your investments under an x-ray and tell you, do you have concentration risk? Are you well diversified? What are the fees that you're paying in for mutual funds and things like that? Most people are paying far too um, much in fees. That's number 2. Number 3 is to plan. And there we've got this really fabulous thing that everybody should use, which is a retirement planner which takes everything that you've got right right now, all that data and says, "Okay, if you continue to live the way you're living now, let's go out 30 50 years, how will how will that all play out when you retire?" Um
2: that assume continued and static investments.
1: Uh, yeah, we we well we you know we'll even assume uh, different kinds of investments. You know, how aggressive are you going to get? And here's where we start um, walking people through advice. Um, you know, for instance, uh, if you're young and you can afford the volatility, of course, you want to be more aggressive in the way that you um, invest because the likelihood is that that will deliver a better long-term return. Yeah,
0: cool. So I just want to mention. Um, You guys, while you don't budget per se, you do show all of your income and expenses, and you do also categorize them. So you could literally go – so I'm I'm a budgeting disciple, and I think that like everyone who has a dollar should budget. The other dude on the mic with the beard thinks that you never need to budget, and he he certainly doesn't. (laughs) Um, so for someone who doesn't care about a budget, this would actually cover all of your bases because if you go to the spending tab, it says like, you know, restaurants, entertainment, you could obviously change the category, but Mm -hmm. it gives you like that overview. I think, I think at least that's an important distinction.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a very important distinction. And let me just tell you our attitude towards it. Um, certainly everybody needs to have something akin to budgeting. Mm-hmm. in order to control their spending. But now the question is, how do you want to do that? And the traditional budgeting methodology where you go in and you say, okay, each month, this is how much I spend on apparel. This is how much I spend on uh, dining out. This is much, you know, et cetera. That to me doesn't work very well. And uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's very rare that somebody is going to have, uh, you know, spend the same amount of money on apparel, as an example, every month. Mm. Yep. Back to school in September, boom, you know, you're spending a bunch. Christmas time, you're spending a bunch. And so it doesn't uh, lend itself to the kind of, you know, monthly, this is my allocation uh, by category uh, methodology. <laughs> the second and more important thing is it's um, it's really a pain in the neck to set it up and even more so to actually follow it on a, a weekly or monthly basis. Mm-hmm and that's the problem because the problem is not you know what's the methodology used for controlling your spending no the problem is getting people to do it right and so and and almost no one i mean it's it's a, a, a small single digit percent of the households in this country actually budget and so what we need is a mechanism where it's easy but still effective. And so what we do is, is cash flow. We just keep a look, keep an eye on your cash flow. We get all this information electronically, and then we'll just tell you, you know, hey, it's the 15th of the month. Um, you, on average, you're spending this much or that much per month. Um, hey, you know, you're you're running hot. You better take a look. And then if you're running hot, then you can double-click down exactly into all this data that's categorized and say, ah, I see where it went to, you know, mm-hmm. the vacation I took or, or whatever. But that very simple but, uh, but important uh, guideline, how am I doing each month and during the course of the month? Uh, we show that on all the um, uh, on the on the web. We show it on mobile. We even show it on on the Apple Watch, which is kind of cool. You sit mm-hmm. down and you're about to make a, um, a purchase and, and oops, I'm running hot this month. I better not.
2: That's so- actually a great feature. Because the one thing I've noticed with basically getting away from cash in almost every area of my life is I do not think about what the credit card balance is, what the account balance is. Um, And I think I have a pretty good system. I think Andrew may have, I don't know, like I don't budget, like Andrew said, but I have a kind of like a pay myself first in every area system. So I don't feel like I need to budget. But it is very difficult to remember when you're buying something. You know, how much do I have at this moment? Look,
0: I'll I'll admit When uh, Laura and I, either of us, mention budget, it's like an audible groan, and it's basically <laughs> like a, all right, fuck, do we have any wine? Okay, let's do this. And then we sit down, and, we, and Mint will obviously battle us. Um, I, I'm intrigued, Bill. Um, I, I just have been budgeting because that's my dad's a finance guy. I guess it was instilled in me, and it's like a, a habit. What, what's the workflow... With personal capital, is it literally just syncing all my accounts, clicking all the boxes for notifications, and then I, I go to the, you know, to the casino?
1: Yes, it really is. <laughs> I mean, no, honest to God, it's, it's five minutes to link all your accounts. Minute six, we're ready to go. You can go to. Um, you can go to this uh, cash flow thing. It'll automatically calculate what your average spending has been for the past three months. Use that as a marker until you you know, decide you want a different marker and, uh, and let you know how you're doing versus that average of the past three months. Uh, or you can go to an asset allocation, which will uh, deconstruct all of your investments from all different financial institutions and tell you how well you're diversified and, and protected. Um, you know, minute six, you're ready to roll. And that's the important thing. We, in order to get people to do this, we have to make it easy, because that's the problem. The, you know, managing your money is not hard. The hard part is actually doing it.
0: Okay, on that, um, and maybe to back up a bit, because uh, the the. 401k tool is awesome and it's basically it it, it has like the shock value of like not only are you doing it wrong but 30 percent of all your future gains are going to fees so like you're really doing it wrong actually do this which is which is great um but you have limited options with the 401k what, what yes. i uh really appreciate it, and i think you were alluding to um your investment checkup tool uh, kind of spells it all out. It's like you're diversified. You're like you're not diversified enough. by more of this. It even has like a graph that almost like a, looks like a football play diagram, that that tells you like how on point you are. Can you, you kind of like elaborate on the tool and like what you're supposed to do with it besides like Google at the graphs.
1: Yes. So uh, just as you say, let's take the investment checkup, which is one of the tools. Um, There's 401k analyzer, there's stock options tracker, there's investment checkup, uh, there's a number of tools. Investment checkup is going to do exactly what you say. It walks you through um, all these questions. Are you diversified? What fees are you paying? And then points out, for instance, on fees, points out exactly how much you are paying this year and how much you will pay over the next 30 years if you stay in this particular mutual fund. And it'll show you the ones that you should think twice about. Um, and also give you suggestions as to um, you know other similar vehicles that are lower fee. And so, remember I said, see, understand, plan, act. Well, the act part, at that point, you've got this, this data. You can do one of two things. You can either go off and do it yourself, or you can say, "Hey, I'd like to talk to one of uh, Personal Capital's financial advisors," and then that advisor gets on uh, the phone and Skype with you, and um, you know works out um, what uh, what a strong financial plan would look like, and then we can uh, implement it for you.
0: Okay, I, I want to talk about the advisor piece as maybe the the icing. Sure. But uh, up to this point, you know, we've signed up for your tool. Um, how much is this? costing me?
1: Uh, Well, it's pretty expensive. It's actually free.
0: (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? Because uh, Mint is free and they'll pitch me every investment tool in the universe and let me know that I need it now. Um, You guys are not pitching me anything.
1: Yeah, we don't do any advertising. We don't sell the list. We don't do advertising. I mean, this is not about that. Uh, We're not a lead generation machine. Most most tools, most web-based financial tools in one way or another are lead generation or advertising supported. Uh, We don't do that. Um, So why do we give it away free? Well, um, uh, first of all, because we can, meaning uh, it's a great tool. Everyone should be using it. Uh, I I seriously believe it's the best personal finance management software in the world. And here it is free. And I can't, uh, for the life of me, understand why we only have a million registered users. We ought to have 100 million registered users. But it, the, the cost to us to build that is a fixed cost, not a variable cost. Mm. You know, it costs, we've got uh, 50, our engineering staff is 50 people, and uh, we, they've been working on it for years, and so it's expensive to build, but it doesn't cost me a whole lot when the next person or the person after that then uses it. Mm-hmm. So, from a financial point of view, I can afford to let lots of people use it, um, and the incremental cost of each one is not great. Now, so why would I do that? two reasons. Number one, it's damn good for them. Uh, I mean, really, every household in this country and elsewhere should have this kind of basic understanding of what's going on in their financial life. Um, And number two, for my own purposes, what it does is gives me the opportunity to get to know lots of families. And um, hopefully they get to respect and trust us. And then some portion of them will eventually decide, hey, we'd like you to actually manage our money, our investments. And at that point, we charge a fee and that's how we make money.
2: Okay. So is that like actively managed or do you guys use technology for that too, kind of like in a robo-advisor sort of way?
1: We use uh, we use technology. We're we're uh, uh, highly automated throughout the whole process, um, and it's not uh, mutual funds. It's all ETFs or individual securities, all very low cost uh, okay. vehicles. Um, but we do believe that um, it, it, what we do is more sophisticated and more customized um, for uh, for people with complex finances than you would see in a robo advisor. Um, and uh, we also believe that that. for many families, not all, but for many families, the addition of of an individual human advisor as well can help.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, having all that data in the tool and having just kind of a better picture of somebody's financial life would probably enable you to make better decisions for how to manage their money, right? Hugely better.
1: Hugely better. So, I mean, first of all, just someone using this tool and getting the data on their own Really empowers them to do a whole lot more that they could than they would ever have been able to do without that data at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, sometimes it's a really magic moment when you can put a client and an advisor. Talking together, we'll do um, a video screen. Um, you know, they're not face to face, but we're doing a video screen. We're doing Skype or, or whatever, um, and we're both looking at. We're screen sharing, both looking at the same thing, the same data-rich set of uh, tools at the same time. Either one can drive. <clears throat> it's really a magic moment, and it can it can bring the level of conversation up from the tactics, like you know, buy Ford, sell GM, to. The strategy, you know, what do I want to do? When do I want to retire? And which is more important to me, retiring early or getting a second home or whatever it is?
2: That actually brings me to another question I wanted to ask you. If I'm, you know, looking a few years ahead in my life and I'm thinking, okay, going to get married soon, uh, maybe buy a house soon, those kind of things does the tool allow me to sort of predict what those big life changes are going to do to my finances or is there any sort of guidance in there on how to deal with those?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Because what you're doing, let's say you're you're um, uh, 30 years old and you're not married and you don't have a house and you don't have kids, but you're mm-hmm. thinking about all of those things. Okay, um, wow, there are huge financial implications to yeah. all of that. And so what our tool allows you to do is say, okay, it starts with the present, And you don't have to put anything in because we already know. We've already, you know, electronically gathered all your information. So we sit there and say, all right, now, let's say you get married. Okay, click this. I'm going to get married five years from now. And let's say I'm going to have two kids. Okay, here's when I'm going to have them. Let's say I want to buy a house. Here's when I want to buy a house. And each time you do that, it will rerun this very sophisticated set of of calculations. It's called Monte Carlo Simulation. Mm -hmm. Rerun the whole thing with each click and show you what your financial situation will look like throughout the rest of your life.
0: It's time you take your small business phone system to the cloud and save thousands. MagicJack for Business has unbeatable reliability at an incredible price. They use state-of-the-art technology to provide 99.99% uptime and exceptional call clarity. There's no nickel and diming. Pricing starts at $14.99 per line. Port your existing number or get a new one. MagicJack for Business is both easy to set up and scalable. Professional features include an auto attendant, music on hold, conference bridge, virtual fax, and more. Get two months free service when you sign up at magicjackforbusiness.com. Be one of the first 100 people and get a free phone. So you guys are talking about the like the reason I I want you to talk to us because uh, well, I have this I have this picture or pictures of this all over the site. Your and and you call it a retirement calculator, and I don't even know if it does it justice because it's almost like a played out term. But you guys have built this calculator that basically predicts how your your income expenses will play out over time. It yes. is it is how I base my investment decisions. What has made me decide to go into rental properties, and and I, I constantly run simulations on this. Can you tell, like, go deep and get like nerdy with us on this? Uh, sure.
1: And you know, I tell you what. Let me also suggest that in a subsequent uh, podcast, you should have um, Jim Del Favero on. He's our chief product guy. Um, he actually. Uh, was with me when I was at Intuit. We did Quicken together and he did Quicken online. He actually ran Mint for a while and uh, and now he's he's with us. He, he knows more about personal finance management software than anyone on the planet and uh, for going really deep, um, he's the guy. However, for right now, yeah, so what it does is it takes the present. You know, think about this. What you need to think about in terms of your money is the past, the present, and the future. Most people have some notion about the past. They don't know about the present uh, because they don't know, okay, well, all those things happened, what does it amount to now? What's my net worth? We already talked about that. Even more important, they know nothing about the future. Mm. And by the way, the past isn't really important. (laughs) All that already happened and was booked. Uh, There's nothing you can do about it. What's important is the future. And so, what this does is take that information from the past, gathers it electronically, and then loads up this very sophisticated tool that nevertheless can be managed really easily. In fact, when you come in, and after you've linked your accounts, you can go to that site, answer two or three questions like what's my age, am I married, do I have kids? And boom, there is a projection of the next 80 years of your financial life. Right now there. Now, now, you know it's gonna be wrong, right? Because mm-hmm. because you're gonna get married or you're gonna do something with a house, but then it, it's almost like a game kind of fun, you know? <clears throat> say, well, what if I get married here? What if I buy this house here? What if it's a, you know, what if I could do the rental properties? And the, just as you say, all this does is help you run simulations. Um, you know, that sounds sort of scary. It's not, don't think of it as simulation. It's like Just real life Monopoly. It. Yes. Great. <laughs> I love that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's
2: interesting because we, you know, we got a question, Andrew, very recently. I think uh, the in the podcast where we had a guy who was, you know, asking, um, I want to buy a house soon and we're having a baby soon. So I need to think about the college fund but also retirement. So we know what percentage of my income do I put in each of these buckets now that these all, these are all going to start happening. So I think it'd be really useful to be able to run the simulation. You know, this, are you able to put in, you know, actually type in manually how much you'd be able to save per month?
0: So uh, yes. I'll, I'll tell you what I have on mine because I've gone like pretty deep on it. And then it's cool because you can put like different icons for stuff. So I have savings on what I save. Um, it calculates social security out for you. I personally don't plan on ever receiving it, but hey, if I'm going to get it that'd be amazing. Um it has Laura's social security. It calculates based on the amount of time that you've worked or not worked what it would be. I've listened money matters income factored into there. I my, my rental income and it like oh. all these like events put a little blip on a time map. It's like basically like a XY graph thing, and you see kind of like your wealth increase, and then retirement, if you have no income, decrease, uh, you could have all different spending things like vacations. Uh, I could gush about it. It's really pretty awesome. I, I see Bill smirking over there, but you guys really outdid yourself with this.
1: Well, yeah, you know, uh, thank you. And yes, we believe that this is the most important thing that people that need to do.
0: I I agree. It's a reason alone just to, you know, don't even enter your details in. just use the calculator.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious about, uh, take your situation, Andrew, because you Mm. just told last episode that you never plan on truly retiring and you never plan on making less money than you do now. Mm -hmm. You always plan on increasing your income, you know, like any good business owner. So that has tax implications, like you were telling me, you don't invest in uh, traditional IRAs because you'd be having a higher tax rate when you pull out in the future. Mm-hmm. Are there ways to set personal capital up to basically tell it, like, these are my intentions, I don't intend to retire, uh, it would be better for me to go into a Roth,
0: things like that? So, I uh, I mean, I'll it I'll, I'll for you, though, then you could, you could, you know, clean up afterwards. It, it doesn't, like... Um, tell you like do it or like don't do it it basically just shows you the result of your actions and so if I think that I'm going to retire and spend $50,000 a year and I'm really not making that much it's basically it's going to show me when I'm going to run out of money you know, and so what happens, like, okay, fine. What if I worked three more years? And so you you add three years onto it. And then it takes a second. It says, like, running, blah, blah, blah. This, like, bar moves up. And then it re-shows you a new graph where it's a little further down the line. And you basically can back into where you want to be. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And and what it allows you to do is is think through... A strategy, you know, examine different things. Uh, my kids, um, am, am I going to put them in private schools or public schools? Um, um, here's a here's one that really works for a lot of people. Um, you've got a, you've got a, a spouse and kids today, and you got to put them through college and do all that kind of thing, and uh, then you retire, uh, and you're running out of money. Let's say you're running out of money when you're seventy five or seventy. Um, a lot of people, what they can do is take the house, sell the house when they retire, get a less expensive house, sometimes in a less expensive area, and and then they'll put that in and boom, all of a sudden, oh, now, now I've got enough money to go till I'm 90.
2: Mm. Does this tool take inflation into account at all with the projections or at least the buying power that inflation will create?
1: Yeah, well, what we try to do is, uh, there, it is taking inflation into account and all that, but what we try to do is express everything in today's dollars, because okay. it, because otherwise, people have no clue. If you said, well, 20 years from now, it's a million dollars, uh, people wouldn't know how to think about that if it was mm-hmm. in 20 years from now dollars. So we right. express it all in nominal uh, okay. today's dollars.
2: Is there some way of telling people that, hey, you know, $70,000 40 years from now won't cover what $70,000 covers today
1: well no this is what no this is exactly how we do it what we do is when we're talking about 20 years from now and if we say $70,000 that's $70,000 of today's purchasing power so you should think about it as $70,000 of today's money gotcha okay when in fact it will be a much bigger uh, number 20 years from now
2: okay I gotcha so it's literally telling you if you can buy uh, you can buy a car for $10,000 today what you will have maybe a different number but it would buy that same car essentially Yeah.
1: Yeah, essentially what we say is okay, you've got $10,000 20 years from now and the $10,000 we're showing you 20 years from now is worth the same as the $10,000 today. We're expressing it in today's dollars.
2: Awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to sign up and start using
1: this. I stopped <laughs> this because well, I'm uh, not sure. I'm not sure because uh, are you sure you can afford it? I mean, it's <laughs> free.
2: I may be able to afford it. We'll have to see. <laughs> I'll have to ask the girlfriend. But yeah, I was using Mint for a long, long time, ever since college. Um, and then I enabled two-factor authentication on all my investments and then basically broke Mint for me. <laughs> yeah. So I have to see if this one will, will play nice, specifically with Vanguard.
1: Yeah, well, it's a it's a problem. We we do a pretty good job getting around uh, or, or working with two factor authentication. I must say, I did it to myself because two factor authentication was launched and introduced by another company that I founded some number of years ago called PassMark Security, which oh, really? did the um, authentication for major banks and and brokers in the U.S. Um, but if you if you work it right, um, there are ways to uh, integrate that with this data collection uh, mechanism.
0: Okay. Of course, well, he founded that I'm other a company.
2: Guy who invented basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel confident I'll be able to to make it work. Then
0: <laughs> you you invented the technology that would prevent Thomas from using mint, so he had to switch to personal capital.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was really thinking ahead, wasn't I? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so well, I'm really excited to
2: switch anyway because Mint never really gave me those graphs that I wanted. It didn't really show me the progress like I wanted it to. It would just kind of show me here's what's in your account. Uh, it's red or green, at least you know the views that I looked at it with. So it'll be nice to be able to see everything sort of bunched together instead of having to log in to three or four different sites.
0: Yes, good. I, I was just gonna say I always felt like I could have. I, I always felt like I was defined by more than a single bar. I needed at least three bars.
2: (laughs) Well, you do live in Hoboken.
0: That's right, yeah.
2: (laughs) So, Andrew, I'm curious, um, you know, you're getting into real estate investing. Mm. How does that factor into the way you use personal capital? Because it's not a mutual fund with performance to track as easily. So,
0: so I'll admit that I I never really dug into the cash flow spending area, although this may be... We, we were looking Laura and I were looking at YNAB, and then I, I signed up for the free account and like within a minute I was just like, like I can't, I can't just do this right now like maybe later or something. It just wasn't. Um, I think this might be more where we're going. in terms of the the properties and the cash flow though, uh, I just add everything to the retirement calculator. So I'm I'm not like month to month. I'm more yep. like what is the next three years look like for me and how can I make that like bigger? And so, and so I just run simulations.
2: Okay, uh, Bill. To what extent do you use personal capital for your investments? Because I'm sure it's not just um, ETFs for you.
1: Well, no, it is. It is pretty much um, it's it's ETFs and individual securities, and I use personal capital for just about everything that I'm invested in, with the exception of um, the startups. Uh, you know, i I put money into personal capital and others other startups. Yeah. But other other than that, I don't do hedge funds or. Um, or private equity funds or anything like that. I mean, I think they're they're pretty much a ripoff.
2: You don't own any real estate
1: or anything like that? Don't own real estate directly except um, uh, one residence.
2: Okay, gotcha. So for your startup investments, those things probably wouldn't be reflected in your personal capital balance just because.
1: Well, no, they are because, no, oh, it's very important that they are because we, get, we gather everything that we can electronically. Mm-hmm. The things that can't be gathered electronically, then you can just enter manually. You can oh. have cars or houses or businesses or art or whatever you like. Okay, cool. But one of the really important things is to make sure that you've got this full, complete view of what your money looks like. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's very often um, uh, missed are stock options. And um, uh, 50% of the people who work today in companies in the United States that have stock are given stock options. And for many, many people, it's actually a significant portion of their uh, financial uh, well-being. And so we've got this stock option tracker, which does a great job. All you do is you put in, okay, um, what's the ex- how many shares were you granted? What's the exercise price? What's the vesting schedule? And then, boom, we'll calculate the value now and in the future as it vests. And then take that money and then add it to your entire net worth. So once again, you see the whole thing. Oh, that's cool.
2: Well, hopefully, if people get their stock options to vest... <laughs> We've had a couple of horror stories in the on the show before about besting, but yeah, that's cool.
0: I got an email, and I think it said you guys have three billion dollars, or give or take a hundred million, under management. Is that true?
1: Yep, we are just about just about to hit three billion dollars. In fact, maybe it happens while we're on this podcast. I don't know.
0: It it probably will.
1: Bring (laughs) up (laughs) the but. Well, I mean. I mean, if you go transfer your money to us, then boom, we'll be you know probably getting close to four.
0: Mm. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what: if it's not happening right now while recording it, then it's definitely happening while they're listening to it. <laughs> um, but but my question to you is: you have three billion under management, or or about that much. You have this ridiculous tool that costs zero dollars. I feel like you've given me the keys to the kingdom. Um, why would I go? Well, I mean, what do you guys do that's beyond these tools? And how did you get three billion dollars to to go that way?
1: Yeah, well, a couple of things. First of all, there's, um, uh, you know, the tools are remarkably easy to use, but there's no end to the amount of um, of thinking and planning one could do uh, in terms of your financial life. And so, very often, it's um, it's even better to do that thinking and planning with a trusted advisor. And uh, many of our advisors are CFPs, Certified Financial Planners, and they can help you work with all of this and put things into um, into uh, proper perspective. Go a little bit deeper, a little more nuanced than you, you would on your own. Um, that's number one. Number two, you know, some people make the mistake of thinking that because money is quantitative, that it's effectively an analytical process. That's just wrong. Money is the most emotional topic on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, more people get divorced over money than over love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's it's something that, because we are humans and because we are emotional beings, the ability to interact with another person, uh, not a computer, uh, who can you know reflect the emotional as well as the uh, analytical pieces is for most people really important?
2: Yeah, you know I, I'll actually agree with that. For most of my taxable investments, I do it all myself, but my IRA is managed by a, a financial advisor and it's been really helpful being able to go in and talk to them face to face and just yep. ask, ask questions that I might not think to Google. Because they come up naturally in conversation.
0: What do you guys do, though? I mean, do you, do you oh, just help you, tell we we me help, stay with my, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, help I think that's favorite. probably a good thing, yes.
1: <laughs> I, I would like to tell you right now, please stay with your wife.
0: I'm trying, I'm trying. It's a good financial right.
1: So
2: um, I noticed on the homepage that it says clients with at least 25000 to invest. So is that currently the minimum for having them their money managed by you guys? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Do you guys have plans to lower that at all, ever in the future, or is it? Kind I of- think
1: it, I think at some point we probably will. Sure.
0: Okay. Bill, Bill, tell me why, why. Like, tell, give me more info on this. Like, why would I go with you guys? What do you guys do? I mean, besides make me stay with my wife. I mean, not make me. <laughs> help me stay with my wife.
1: <laughs> um, essentially, two things. First, work with you so that you've got a better understanding of what your situation is, and what things you can do in the future to improve it. Um, and then of course, we're with you as you go through um, your life, uh, helping to um, keep you on track, or at least talk about it when, when things go one way or the other. And by the way, when when you have a financial advisor with us, it's not frequently that you'll have a communication. I uh, have a direct discussion because so many of the questions are answered by the technology. Um, but it's typically when there's an important strategic issue in your life, if you have a life event, if you're getting married, if you're having a kid, if you're thinking about what am I going to do with life insurance, if you get a new job, and you know, what am I going to do with that old 401k, and what should I do with a new 401k, and all those kinds of things. Then then at those points, what we see is that our clients that's the point where they're, they'll engage. And they once again, they engage at the strategic level, not at the tactical level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then finally, within the context of the individual um, portfolio construction and maintenance, uh, there we do a whole lot. We put you into, um, first of all, a highly diversified, safe, and appropriate um, uh, uh, portfolio. Um, we Personalize it. Um, if you work in the technology business, you should be underweighted in technology investments, mm. um, as one example. So we personalize. We tax optimize, <coughs> meaning we will do a number of things to make sure that the biggest part of um, of uh, that, that we that we take advantage of taxable or tax. Uh, um, options to reduce what you would pay. The two big ones there, one is uh, tax loss harvesting, Mm -hmm. which means that if you have a loss in a particular security, sometimes it makes sense to sell, recognize that loss that can offset gains and so you don't pay taxes on those gains. Uh, The other is tax location, which means all right, which uh, vehicle should I put in a taxable account and which should I put in a non-taxable account, an IRA or a Uh, 401k. Right. And generally speaking, what you should do is the ones that are uh, more likely to generate capital gain should go in the taxable account and um, income generating assets in the tax deferred account. We do all those kinds of things, which are very small, nuanced, complex things that really a computer can do better than you can. Uh, We do that for you.
2: What's an example of a a fund or an asset that would be more likely to generate capital gain? Is that something like a dividend paying oh, fund? Or?
1: Well, a dividend paying stock was more likely to generate income. That's what a dividend is treated okay. for the most part, um, or oftentimes like a like, uh, yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, but um, so a high growth stock, maybe a tech stock, Um, where it's not paying any dividends, and what you're doing is you're betting on the fact that it's going to grow, and therefore the price will increase, well, that's where you get your capital gain. And the cool thing about capital gain is that not only is it it taxed at a lower rate, but you also control when you are going to be taxed, because you're only taxed when you actually sell.
2: Right. Cool. So, because you said this is kind of you know a tool to help people get an overview of their entire financial picture, I'm curious, what do you guys do for debt and loans? Um, I'm guessing you can put them into the tool, right?
1: Yes, uh, you can put them in the tool. Most loans, most mortgages, uh, certainly all credit cards um, and many other kinds of loans, personal loans, unsecured loans, um, can be electronically, uh, the information can still be electronically gathered and mm-hmm. it's put right in the tool. So you see your full balance sheet, pardon me, you see your assets and your liabilities. Um, and that's really important. And yeah. by the way, once you put your mortgage in, then oops, don't forget about your house. And mm-hmm. you can put your house in, um, you can do it manually, or you can just connect to Zillow and will automatically, electronically feed the value of the house in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, it's very important to keep track of the entire enchilada. I mean, look, so many people, for, uh, mortgage debt's one thing, so many people have student debt. Yeah, and and your your situation on the debt or credit side is just as important as the asset side in mm-hmm. terms of thinking what you should do, what how you should plan, and how you should run your financial life.
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of students that listen to the show, so I know they're probably thinking investments are coming soon, but first I've got debt to take care of.
1: So. Do you know what the average of of new graduates? Uh, do you know what the average debt is?
2: For those that have it, it's just under thirty
1: right now. Yeah, thirty-seven thousand dollars. The average graduate comes out with thirty-seven thousand dollars of student debt.
2: The last figure I looked at was thirty, but yeah, man, it's it's crazy though. I mean, it is it is the average figure for those who do come out with debt. Some don't, but it's still a pretty substantial amount. So, and yeah, I mean, my other podcast is for college students, so I'm very invested in helping people try to pay that off as quickly as possible. So I would love for people to be able to be tracking their debt in a tool like this, in addition to making sure they're investing in the right places and keeping keeping an eye on that as well.
0: You know, one question we get a lot is that someone has XYZ debt, uh, debt at mm-hmm. blah 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 rate. Maybe it's like two percent, maybe it's nine percent. Um but they hear about investing or rental properties or whatever, and they want to do that. Um, will uh, will personal capital like plant a flag <sighs> and say like we actually think that you should do this at whatever level of debt Or or are you, you know, purists and you can't invest until you have no mortgage and no student loans? Like, how do you guys reconcile that stuff?
1: Yeah. So uh, first, we don't give you specific, well, we don't give you specific answers, uh, should you do this or that, but we will work with you to figure out what the trade offs are. And I think the the biggest thing is, okay, well, what are the terms of your debt?
0: Mm.
1: If you've got 19% credit card debt, well, gosh, pay it down. Mm. You know, but if you've got if you've got three percent student debt, um, you know, then certainly you want a a a responsible uh, plan to pay it down over time. But three percent student debt, you shouldn't really be in all that hurry to prepay, um, because it's a pretty good deal yeah exactly let me it's, just say one thing I'm, i apologize i'm getting called for another meeting so i probably have to run off but if okay. if you guys uh, are willing um i'd love to get on again one of these days and and um you know do more of this
2: sure
0: yeah absolutely bill um we definitely appreciate your time um yeah dude let's let's tie a bow on it cool all guys,
1: right hey hey so. do you want me to you want me to say that thing that you want me to say
0: what what's that thing
1: so oh, you sent me on the uh, text.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you just say it one more time for us? All right.
1: <laughs> my assets bring all the girls to the yard. They like it's bigger than yours. Damn right, bigger than yours. I can teach you, but I'd have to charge.
0: That's that's amazing. It that's amazing. I, I actually I feel like that's how my phone reads it to me when they're trying to give me directions. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can we get kind of guess with Bill's voice? <laughs> All right, y'all. Bill, Great thanks, to talk. man. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Do we have a link, by the way?
0: Yeah, so um if you go to listenmoneymatters.com slash personal capital, you could sign up. Um we love the tool. Uh, I think you're gonna love the tool. Cool. I'm actually signing up right now.
2: Like I hadn't used it yet, so I'm gonna sign up and get my stuff in there. But, uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know how it works out for me. And if you guys have questions, listen, money matters at gmail.com is our email address. So send them over. If you want to find our favorite money management tools, including personal capital, LinkedIn, all one big convenient page, listen, money com slash toolbox. where so you can find all that stuff. So thanks so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Later, dude. Later, man.
0: Friends, about this show. <laughs> Thanks again to Magic Jack for Business for sponsoring us today. Take your small business phone system to the cloud and save thousands. Get two months free service when you sign up: magicjackforbusiness.com/listen. Be one of the first 100 people and get a free phone.